I want to pick up where we left off last time I was with you, and that's 3 John 2, 3 John 2, and then also we'll be going to Psalm 35. You know, uh, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and what will happen. The truth will make you free. What if you don't know the truth? Well, that leaves you subject to believing lies and being deceived. If the truth will make you free, what will lies, believing lies, do to you? It'll put you and keep you in bondage, you know, imprisoned in different ways and areas of life. So uh, the thing, the problem with deception is if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because if you knew you were, you no longer would be, right? <laughs> so uh, that's one of the benefits of coming together and, and reading our scriptures and, and seeking the Lord to find out what's true and what's not, what's right and what's not, because there's a whole lot of stuff that people believe and believe it adamantly, but it's absolutely not true, not true. And believing lies will bind you and lock up portions of your life and, and prevent blessings. But he enlightens our eyes and our hearts. Somebody said out loud, I will see more truth. I will see more truth. And become more free. Become more free. Amen. So be it. Third John 2, are you there? Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish, other translations say, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Can we take the word of God as God speaking to us? Yes. We should. Is it God's desire that we prosper and be in health? Even as our soul prospers, it's connected to the prospering of the inner man. But God, it's not his will that we prosper internally only and not prosper externally. In fact, that's not how it works. If you're prospering internally, it's going to affect the external every time. Look with me in Psalm 35. Psalm 35 and 27, it says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Is it true that God takes pleasure in us prospering? Now, the word prosperity is much maligned by some groups and folks, and it's attached to a whole idea of error, but prosperity is a Bible word, right? And really, it means to succeed. It has to do with being successful, and even when it comes to your needs, basic needs and good desires, it means to be successful in reaching. If you're prosperous, you don't run out 
before you, you have what you need. You know, if your pay doesn't reach, you know, you payday comes, you get paid or whatever it is that you do, but it doesn't last until the next income. That's not prosperous. That's running out. And God is not a running out God. Is he? No. He said give. And what will happen? It will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Not running out. <laughs> Come on sit out loud. No, not running out. But running over. Now that may sound simple, but there's a lot of church going people don't believe this. What's God's will for you? Running out or running over? Help me out. Help me out. Running out? Come on, say it out loud. Not for me. Not for me. Running out is not God's will for me. If I'm continually running out, something's wrong. I need to make changes that will allow God to sustain me and bless me to the point that I am continually running over. Running over. Running over. Hallelujah. He prepares a table before me. Right in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. Among other things, he causes my cup to run over. If, if you'll follow the Lord, he'll take you from running out to running over. If we'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he'll lead us out of, away from running out. He'll lead us into running over. Look at the, that which is a type of uh, the church and a type of redemption, and that is God's first covenant people. He brought them out of Egyptian bondage into the promised land. Out of slavery, whether they didn't own their self, they didn't own the rags on their back. Talking about running out, and before they got delivered, I mean, they cut off even their straw supply. You remember that? that you're talking about running out. They were, they were running out everywhere they turned, but the Lord said, I got a land for you. I've picked it out. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And they, and they brought back some of the grapes, you know, the spies did, and they were running over grapes. Weren't they? They were grapes so big, clusters so big, took two men to haul. Man, that's a bunch of grapes there. You never saw a bunch of grapes like that at your grocery store. That's running over grapes. Running over. Abraham knew a God that gave him too many cows. Too many goats, too many sheep. Him and Lot had so many goats, so many sheep. The Bible said the land couldn't contain them. Peter and his fishing partners knew a Jesus who gave them so many fish. It filled up the nets. It broke the nets. It filled up the ships till they began to sink. It's a net breaking, ship sinking, too much, running over. Is that him or is that him? Oh, you could preach on this. <laughs> well, is it, if it's true, it's something to get excited about. The devil's a liar. Lies have been 
perpetuated from the pulpit. That somehow or another God is pleased when you hurt financially. When you're in lack. It's not true. It's not true. If you'd have asked the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, Joseph, you would not be able to convince them that God wants you broke. When did he change? No, men change. Men get away from the Bible. They create their own. Jesus said, you've made the word of God of none effect by your traditions. Beware of of religious traditions. They'll rob you. But that's why we want to be real big around here on the book. Right? Take everything back to the text. I don't care whether whether I preach it, whoever preached it, you need to be asking the question all the time. You know, remember uh, years years ago that lady on the Wendy's commercial? Where's the beef? That's, that's dating some of us, I guess. That ain't been that long ago, has it? How long has that been? Young people, you know what that is? Where is the beef? 30 years. Okay. Oh, they don't know about it. You're right, they don't know about where is the beef. Where is the beef? <laughs> well, anyway, we need to be saying all the time, where is the scripture? Right? Where is the scripture? Where I don't care how many degrees you got or how well you talk or how many books you wrote, where's where's the scripture? Because the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. If it's really Bible, it won't just be one isolated, twisted interpretation of a quarter of a verse. <laughs> if it's really scripture, you'll find it in the Old Testament, you'll find it in the Psalms, the Proverbs, the Gospels, the Epistles. You'll find it multiple places because it all, it all perfectly agrees. So he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And even though we are his sons and daughters, we are also serving him as an act of what we choose to. And uh, he takes pleasure, like any good parent, likes to see their children do well. Our father wants to see us do well. Turn with me, please, in the New Testament now to uh, Luke, the 12th chapter. Luke, chapter 12. Now, the Lord gave me, I believe, two, two things concerning this series. And uh, His ways are amazing. And we always only see a part of what He's doing. But if we'll just follow him, many things will be accomplished, many good things. And I believe in this series, we're doing it by the direction of the Lord. And uh, two big things that the Lord quickened to me that we need to be firmly established in, that need to happen. Number one, we need to believe that it is his will to prosper us. And to live in abundance. Don't assume you know that. Because most of us are dealing with an upbringing of poverty mentality. That you got to get your mind renewed. I, I know myself, you know, uh, we didn't grow up, you know, on the street in cardboard boxes. But, you know, we, did, we weren't wealthy either. And uh, you just ha- you have to watch. Because ever so often, I'll realize I'm doing something 
that's a poverty mindset. And the Lord will point that out for me. You need to get rid of that. That's, that's hindering you. Does our mind need to be renewed with the Word of God so that we, we can know and prove what is His good and acceptable and perfect will? That comes, you've you got to watch because the world around you is trying to feed you something else. And even man's religion is trying to feed you something else that will rob you. So we, we need to become completely convinced, like Abraham, fully persuaded that God is a good God. He wants us in abundance. He wants us prospering. He wants us successful. It is His will. Now, it didn't take long to say that, but you do realize most church-going people don't really believe that. So we, we've got to stay on this. But secondly, which is just a very important part too. Secondly, we must get rid of the love of money and things. Because this will hold you out too. If you don't believe it's God's will to bless you and prosper you, that will prevent your blessing. But on the other hand, if you love stuff too much, and you think too much of it, and you seek it, that will get in the way of God adding it to you. Because there's more than one way to get something in this life. Just because you have money and things, that doesn't mean God gave it to you. I mean, you can get things through lying and stealing and, and all kind of things. But uh, we're talking about the Lord adding it to you. And when He adds it to you, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And there's no downside. And there's no sorrow. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. Yes. Now you know. I don't don't raise your hand, but but I'm sure that you, like I, I've done, Phyllis and I've done some things, especially years ago. Not so much lately, thank the Lord. But years back, added stuff to ourselves that was a burden. Yes. Because the Lord didn't add it to you. Yes. You were in a hurry. You wanted it. You wanted it too much, and if you want it too much, you'll go too far. Amen. You hear that? Amen. And you'll sign your name to those 490 easy payments, <laughs> 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 or whatever it is, and then if it's not blessed, it may break down, yep. huh? Yep. And you have pro and then lose value two weeks after you got it. You know, be worth a third less than you paid, and you're upside down in it, and all this kind of stuff. Well, all these are indications the Lord didn't add it to you. You added it to yourself. And it's not that He doesn't want you to have it, but He can't add things to you that are going to take you away from Him, that are going to get in between you and Him that you care more about than you do Him. So we have to. Rid ourselves of the, this love of money and love of things if we're going to qualify, if he's going to be able to add things to us like he wants to. It's got to be able to come freely and go freely. Freely you've received. Don't stop it there. <laughs> and stockpile. No, it flows in. It flows out. The thing about it, if you're a conduit, if you're a pipe, and it's always flowing in, and it's always flowing out, 
Well, it's always full too. Can you see that? But it's not stagnant because it's not stopped. It's a continuous flow. In uh, Luke chapter 12, did you find that? Luke 12, about verse 22 or so here. He said to his uh, disciples, of which we're his disciples too, Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life. Talking about an anxious thought, a worried thought. What you'll eat, neither for your body, what you'll put on. The life is more than food. The body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. Yet I say to you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. Said out loud, He'll always feed me. He'll always clothe me. I'll always have my needs met. No need to worry about it at all. If he feeds the birds, he's going to feed me. Is that right? If he clothes the hills, he's going to clothe me. We need to completely cast any careful thought and worried, anxious thought about these things, about provision, aside. To ignore that is to be faithless and to be fearful and not trusting. Is God big or is God big? Did he make this planet and this universe or not? Does he care about you or not? Then he's interested in you being fed and clothed and right? What you need. And uh, we, we should, if we're afraid about it and fearful and worried, that means we don't believe what he just told us. And that's it's disrespectful to him that you don't believe what he told you. Keep going. Rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things uh, shall be added to you. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's pleased in giving it to us. Does that sound like he's pleased in the prosperity of his servant? Right? He's pleased. It, it, it blesses the Father. Bless God. Let him bless you. Make God happy. Let him Bless you. Let him prosper you. Let him do things for you. He said, uh, sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that fails not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. Now, he didn't say keep all of it. Again, it flows in, freely you've received, freely give. Sometimes people say, well, what, what do I need with all that stuff and extra money? Get it and find out. 
<laughs> it's about being mindful of something besides just yourself. It's about doing for other people. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Who said this? Jesus, the Master. Is it true? Now, you will see as much anger and irritation and vexation over talking about money as about any other thing, especially in connection with church. Are preachers talking about money? Why? This is a question that I've asked for decades, and I've gotten some answers to it. But especially when I first got into ministry, and this is what, 30, almost 35 years ago now. And I, we, from, from back then, we believed that God wants to bless you and prosper you, including materially and, and with money and things. And oh man, at the resistance we encountered. And others that we learned from that preached it, the resistance they encountered. And the ugly letters. And people questioning your motives and accusing you of all manner of things that all you care about is money and you're just after people's money and just after people's money. And um, you're, I thought, well, why? And a lot of this is from strangers who never met you, who don't know anything about you and yet it, they really get agitated about it and mad and upset. And, and I'm thinking, you know, that's not even reasonable. They got no money in it. They're not giving. It's not affecting them. Why would they care? There's something else going on here. They're supernaturally agitated. And the Lord over, over a period of time brought me back to show me. Did I ask me, did I realize what the first murder in the world with mankind was over. It was over an offering. Do you remember that? There's a handful of people on the planet. <laughs> you know, at one point, four. And Cain kills his brother over what? Over an offering. And people will try, and the enemy wants you to, to think, well, money doesn't matter, money doesn't matter, money doesn't matter, and, and try to get you in the ditch on one side or the other. Oh, it matters. The reason it's such a big deal, it reveals your heart. And that's why people get so upset over it. Because it is a where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And the reason people get so upset over it is because they care too much about it. I don't know if you saw it or not, but not long back, our friends uh, Jesse Duplantis and Miss Kathy Duplantis were on the news. Anybody, who saw that? Anybody see that? It was about Jesse and the Jets. <laughs> He, he sent out 
a video, he prepared, they did a video to their partners, the people that came on the website about the next plane he's believing for. Well, he just went ahead and believed for a big one. <laughs> just stepped right on out there. <laughs> and uh, man, you'd have thought he was trying to rob Fort Knox or something. I mean, right? <laughs> you'd have thought he was trying to plunder the, uh, the nation's bank. I mean, they called him everything but a nice fellow. Why? I, I was talking with him recently about it. We, we, were, we had a meal together. And, uh, and as we were talking about it, the Lord was pointing out to me. Not one, and every major news outlet in the country was running it. I mean, his partners told him it was on the news in New Zealand. <laughs> Why? Not one of them asked him how many people he was reaching with the gospel. Not one of them asked how many people had gotten saved or might get saved. Not one of them asked him how many were getting healed or delivered. And nobody even asked him anything that they had done for the poor. You know why? They don't want to know. They don't care. So what, what's it about? Money. They heard that big dollar figure. Oh, millions of dollars. They're in awe of the money. And, and if there's one thing the devil hates worse than a Christian or a preacher or a church, it's a rich preacher. Oh, he hates it. Why? Because in this world, money's ability. You can get things out. You can get the word out. I realized you and I could save millions of dollars a year if we'd just close these churches. If we'd close these churches down and lay off all the staff and come off all these TV stations, we'd save millions of dollars a year. What do you think? <laughs> well, what's more important? The money? See, if people don't even act, they don't care about any spiritual results. And uh, actually, it was us again, the, the, the planists, they, they had gotten their plane that they got now. They've had it for like 14 years now, and it was several years old. It was like 10, 15 years old when they got it. And, uh, but they had gotten it, and this was, I don't know, almost 15 years ago. They came by close to Springfield, and we wanted to see it and rejoice with them and actually pray over it with them, so we met them. And at the airport, sitting beside us, was a, a brand new Gulfstream 4 that Dillard's owned, that had just got. It dwarfed his plane. <laughs> and it's new, it's brand new. This thing is many, many times more money. But as we were there, we went in, we prayed over the plane, we rejoiced, we talked about all the, you know, the freedom and how easy it'd be to go and do all these things and have all these meetings. And uh, when I came out, there was a line guy that worked there 
Man, he was, he was, face was beat red. His fist was clenched. He knew us. He had said hi to me and Brother Jesse. And I said, what, what's going on, man? He said, Brother Keith, I'm about to hit somebody. <laughs> I said, what? He said, see them guys over there? He said, they're cussing and saying, what in the world does a preacher need a jet for? That just makes me sick. That disgusts me. He said, they, they, they keep talking. I said, no, no, no. And I had never said it like this before, but it came up out of my spirit. I said, they put no value on what we do. They see zero value in it. Now here, that, that Dillard's airplane is sitting right there. They don't even notice that. Right? They don't even notice that. And you know, and, and, and brake pad company can have a new jet. Pornographic magazine company can have a new jet. But a preacher? Oh. Oh. Are you spending money on a big building? Are you spending money on TV or on the. No, friend. It is a matter that treasure is a heart revealer. And that's what happened with Cain and Abel. Cain brought an offering from the ground, but didn't say anything about it, just that he brought something. But Abel, he brought the best. He brought of the fat and the best. We all know it was fluffy. He brought fluffy. Well, how many understand the best is the most expensive? Right? If you take it to market or you buy it, it's the most expensive. And God received Abel's offering and was pleased with it, but he didn't receive Cain's offering and he wasn't pleased with it. Now here you've got people that say, God don't care about those things. He used to. He used to. When did he change? And the reason people say that is because people who love God and are givers, they show up, folks, who don't. By just being around people that love God more than you do, shows up your lack of love. And the Bible said, why, in 1 John, why did Cain kill Abel? It said because Abel's works were good and Cain's works were evil. This is before he killed him. Come on, can you see this? Before he killed him. It's about the love of money and stuff. And we can't take care of anybody else. We can't control anybody else's desires and we shouldn't judge anybody else. But let's judge ourselves and get free from this. Right? If other people want to idolize money and serve money, well, that'll be their choice. But if you can love money and have none, you can have a lot and not love it also. Right? And in order for us to qualify for a lot of resources to come through our hands, we have to get free. Somebody say free. 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 We got to get completely free from the love of it. Come on, sit out loud. I do not, I do not love, money love money 
I don't love things. I don't love cars. I don't love houses. I don't love clothes. I don't love jewelry. I don't love it. I love God. I love people. Amen. And if that's really true, which in many cases, people will say they don't care about it, but they do. But they do, it's evidenced in how they act and how they respond. If you really don't love it, then you, are, you, you become qualified for God to funnel things through you. Because it won't stop with you and you won't, you won't change over it. You'll know, freely I receive, freely I give. Are you all okay? Verse 34 For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's my treasure? What's important to me? The easy to read says your heart will be where your treasure is. Two different translations say for your heart will always be where your riches are. The Phillips translation says it like this. I like the way it brings it out. It says, you must not set your heart on what you eat or drink, nor must you live in a state of anxiety. The whole heathen world is busy about getting food and drink, and your father knows well enough that you need such things. No, set your heart on his kingdom, and your food and drink will come as a matter of course. He went on to say, uh, don't be afraid. Your father plans to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give money, get yourselves purses that never grow old, inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief can ever reach it or moth ruin it. For wherever your treasure is, you may be certain that your heart will be there too. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What does God care about? Your heart. That's why money is an issue, because it's a heart revealer. If you want to know what your priorities are, <laughs> look at your spending. If you want to know what your priorities are, many people, they, their, their self is their priority, and they are their children. But if you and your children are first, God's not first. What's the key to God being able to add things to us? Seek ye for not yourself. I know Phyllis and I, even after we'd been in the ministry for a couple of years, we were struggling financially. Got behind. Got behind on our taxes too. Not in good shape. Trying to catch up, trying to catch up. And, and seeking the Lord I thought I said in prayer, Lord, I know this is not your will. I know this is not you. How many know God is not in the business of keeping your family's clothes and food and housing away from them? He's not in that. And so, Lord, what what needs to change? What what am I missing here? He brought me to Matthew six thirty three. <laughs> I knew it. I could quote it. He said, "You son are like many of my people." You know this, but you're not doing it. He said, many when they 
they get paid or money comes in, first things they do, they pay the rent, they pay the insurance, take care of the kids, they do this, they do that. And then if they go to church and it's offering time, after the fact, they think about, do I have anything to put in the plate? Do I have anything can I do? And, and many, many people say, I would do more if I had it, if I could. I just don't have it. But they don't realize, why don't you have it? Why don't you? We made a change. We opened a separate account. We called it the God account. And every time money came in, we took the first portion, the tenth plus, off the top before we paid a bill. Come on, y'all listening or not? Before we paid a bill, before we did anything, we took it off the top and we put it in the God account. That's his money. We don't spend that on bills. We don't do that. And we, we give that where he shows us to give, to churches, to ministries. Uh, there are other things we could talk about, but not on ourselves. Yes. Y'all with me or not? Yes. That way we're not first. Our stuff is not first. His things are first. We weren't doing it. We were already in the ministry, and we weren't doing it. It's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to do it. And immediately, I mean within weeks and months, we saw radical change in our lives. Because we truly were, and we, we increased our partnership with ministries that we were partners with, and we were, oh, what's the word, we were on time. You know, we, we did it every month. We did it like the Lord directed us to do it. Consistent. Why? That's first. We even, uh, I had a, had a new car. We sold it. Because our priorities weren't right. The Lord told me, he said, son, I don't care if you have five of them. Those cars. He doesn't either. But, he said, you're not there right now. Your priorities are skewed. And so many times people, you know, like, like we said, if you want something too much, You'll go deep in debt for it, and you got all these big payments, you got all this insurance and all this maintenance and stuff, and now you look at your stuff and go, I can't give. Well, why didn't you think about that before you signed all those papers and did that? Can, come on, can you see this? Now, I'm not, I'm not, you know, don't feel bad if you made mistakes. I'm telling you, we made mistakes. We messed up. But by the grace of God, we got. We begin to come out. We sold that. Then we sold something else. We didn't go out to eat as much and, and or, or at all for a while. And, and but within the year, we had two debts completely paid off. And that uh, that tax thing, I, we had a man that, that I was ministering in a place, and he came by and he said, Keith, do you owe money on your taxes? I thought I don't want to tell him this. <laughs> Do I owe money on my taxes? And why would he ask? Because we didn't bring it up. Well, it was, the, it was the Lord. I said, yeah. He said, how much? I thought, you don't want to know. I said, well, it's, it's a little over 10000 I think it was 10300 or something like that. I, and uh, that, it was a lot of money to us at that time. And he said, hmm. He said, well, I got some things I'm needing too. And the Lord brought that up to me. And I don't have it, but I'm going to send you $1,000, was it every, every month? I'm going to send you $1,000 every month till this is paid for. And sure enough, every month in the mailbox, there was that check for $1,000. And within that year or so, we had it paid. Praise God. 
This happened after we made the serious commitment to put the Lord first. We owed this other debt, and they called us and said, you know, forget about that. The Lord's blessed us. We don't need that anymore. Forget, you don't owe us anymore. And so just in a, just a, and by the next year, I was able to buy a car. It was a used car, but it was a nice car. And in this case, it wasn't a burden. Come on, can you see? You get out of just adding stuff to yourself and let the Lord add it to you. The right way, the right time. But in order to do that, you have to put him first. Even sacrifice some things you want initially. Now this is not a popular message in modern churches. But it is the Bible. How many have read the Bible enough to know? Sacrifice. Sacrificing what you want. And, and not to say I'll never have it. I'm just not going to get mine now. Right? Phyllis and I were just able to do this just a few days ago. That something came up we felt like we should sow that was kingdom oriented, connected. And there was something else we'd been had on our vision list for years. But we realized, okay, now's not the time though. Sow that. And oh man, are we glad we sowed that? We've already had so many good reports and things. Oh, praise God. But it put us waiting a little bit on that other. But you know, it's just stuff, right? And if there was an item that you were looking for, they make new ones every day. And the new ones are improved. But you must not pick yourself first or your kids. I'm saying, well, my kids come first. Well, then God doesn't. And you're setting them a bad example. You're teaching them to put themselves first. By example instead of God. No, your kids are not supposed to be first. God. His things. His kingdom. His churches. His people. His ministries. Preaching this gospel. All over the world. We're going to soon be out of here, right? Preaching this gospel all over the world. We shouldn't be thinking about how much it costs. We should be thinking about results. Are people getting saved? Are people getting reached? Are people coming back to the Lord? Are they being healed? Are they being delivered? What kind of price can you put on that? You you can't spend too much on that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Are you okay? Thank you, Lord. You're in Luke. Go right over to Luke 16. I want you to say it again while you're going over there. I don't love money. I don't love things. Freely I receive. Freely I give. Thank you, Lord. We're talking about qualifying for the Lord to really increase you, really bless you. But he's looking for somebody that will obey him that'll do what he says with what he puts in your hand. Luke 16 and 10. It says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Other translations just say money with a capital M. Who will commit to your trust the true riches? 
Now this is exactly reverse of how many Christians believe it, or how many preachers preach it. What do you mean? Well, many would have you believe that God doesn't care about money and things. It just doesn't even register on his radar, and, and really preachers should never say anything about it. You know, never mind, it's all through the Word of God. But it doesn't matter that God only cares about spiritual things, true riches. But read the verse here again. Read it. Verse 11. If you have not been faithful in what? Unrighteous mammon, that's King James, money. Money with an M. Money personified. Why? Because he talks about it here in other places, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon or God and money. Are people serving money? Or was this just written long ago and it's not relevant for today? Are people serving money? Would they acknowledge that they're serving money? Not likely. Have you ever served money? Don't raise a hand. <laughs> but this is the way it really is. If you wouldn't obey God with $5, you don't qualify to handle spiritual riches. Can you see this or not? And this is why people get so mad about this. Because they want to believe they want to live in a dream world where they can be completely selfish and chase after treasure and stuff and pretend it doesn't matter, God doesn't care doesn't show their heart, and all they're talking about is spiritual things. Well, God is big on stewardship. You get to handle a little something that's not as important like money. Are y'all with me? If you're faithful in the little thing, he can trust you with something more important. And if you're faithful in money and things, which kingdom-wise eternity-wise, is not that important, then he, what do you say? If you're not faithful, who will commit to your trust the true riches, true spiritual things? A word of knowledge, a revelation of his word. Can you see this? These are the things that are bigger and eternal, but it's not that God doesn't care about the other and the only thing you should focus on in this no, he's going to let you handle bigger, more important things based on how you handled the material things. Because it shows your heart. I said it shows your heart. If you won't tithe, it shows your heart. If he gives you, you know, extra money comes into your hands and he deals with you, go sow that to that family. And you won't do it. It shows your heart. Come on, can you see this? And if you won't obey him with that, you don't qualify to handle the true riches and the more significant things. So it's just the opposite of what the enemy is trying to tell people. It does matter. Does it matter or not? It does matter. If you'll lie about money and if you'll lie about things on the job to make a sale, you're disqualifying yourself. 
from more significant things, more important things. But if if you can trust you with five dollars, you made him smile. You know what's going to happen next? Something bigger is going to come through your hands. Come on, can you see this? And if you keep obeying him, you keep obeying him. Now, a lot of folks, they started out pretty good, but then the numbers got too big and they choked. <laughs> My father in the faith, Brother Hagin, he said he had a man in, in his church and, that he knew, and his businessman, and he came to him and said, You know, I've, I see tithing, and I'm going to be a tither. And I want you to pray with me. And my business is going to tithe. And I want you to pray with me that God has blessed my business. And Brother Hagin did. Over the course of the next months and years, man, he took off. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, his, his business just boomed. And so he said he wanted to see Brother Hagin. This was after a year or two. And, and he said, yeah. And he said, you know, the, these tithe checks are getting pretty big. And, uh, you know, I just wanted you to. Uh, pray with me and pray over me, you know, that I know what to do about this, because it's just getting, you know, just, just pretty big. And, and so Brother Hagin said, oh, sure, yeah. He took his hand, he said, Lord, uh, you need to cut this man back. He's, his his uh, income has got, he, he said, no, Brother Hagin, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, all of us, you know, no matter if you were doing good for a while, you can get to a choking place. You can get to a place like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Seems big. And then the Lord can't promote you anymore. He can't use you anymore. It's not how many have tried to say that this doesn't matter. Money and things is a heart revealer. And if you're not faithful in these temporary things, you don't qualify to handle the eternal things. Can you say amen or oh me? Or I'll think about it. So. <laughs> what does the word say? It's not, not what I think, not what you think. Verse 10, he that's faithful in that which is least is faithful in much. He that's unjust in, in the least is unjust in much. If you've not been faithful in the unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Mammon is King James. Other translations say capital M, money. Money as a master. You can't serve God and money. You know, if you make your decisions based on money, and I know, you know, it's tempting. I've been there when you don't have any and you're so tight. The tendency is to go for the cheapest thing. But if you're following price, you're not following the Spirit. And I'm going to know the cheapest one's not always the cheapest one. Time it breaks, the week after you get it. Right? <laughs> and the Lord would know that. Oh, it pays to be led not by price, but by the Lord, by the Spirit. The Pharisees, they were covetous. Now, these are the leaders in the temple. And they heard all these things and they derided him. 
He said, you're they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Different priorities, different value system. We don't love money. You need money. You need to use money. But you don't love it. You don't chase it. We don't serve it. One way you can tell is how in awe you are of a large amount. When you sit up and go, how much? How much? How much was that? 50,000? 100? Million? A million dollars? Million? Million dollars? That's two in all of it. There's no amount of money that'll save your soul. Is that right? There's no amount of money that'll make you right with God. There's no amount of money that'll give you peace of mind. Oh, you may think it will, but it won't. Oh, yeah, if I have enough, wouldn't have to work, and I wouldn't have to think about it. Man, if I had enough, I'd be set. I'd be set. No, you could lay awake every night thinking about, I got all this money now. Uh, Who's going to take it away from me? How can I keep it? You know, how can I not lose it? (laughs) Won't buy you peace of mind. Won't buy you joy. It won't buy you joy. But it is a tool to preach the gospel, to help people. Take care of your kids, your family, your grandkids, right? It's it's a tool to do things. But is it important that we obey God in every area, including this? One fellow said, he said, you know, I think if people be honest, when they get baptized, when they go down, they'd hold their wallet out. (laughs) Because they are not (laughs) consecrating that area. (laughs) To the Lord. <laughs> should Jesus be Lord over your finances too? Should you listen to him? Not, I'm not just talking about offering time. I'm not just talking about giving to the church. I'm talking about giving to God. Giving to his people, his things. Where and when and how he shows you. And there will be, it will be a choice. You'll have to choose and go, okay, I might, I might have to wait on this that I want it. There will be times you need to sacrifice. But if the Lord's leading you, any sacrifice not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.